Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Chris. Hey. So, uh, important news broke today about Wimbledon fashion. Have you seen this? What? No, what are you talking about? Jeannie Bouchard got a warning because underneath a white sports bra, she was wearing a black sports bra, and part of it showed. Man. <laughs> they are fucking crazy. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize this, although yes. I'm really delighted. What a day for Jeannie Bouchard um, <laughs> skeptics such as myself. Right. You don't like her. How bad would things have to go? So she said she was playing with a like a grade two abdominal tear, which I don't know. It sounds like a hernia or so. I don't know what that is exactly. But doesn't uh, sound great. Doesn't sound great. And she <laughs> her quote after the match was, uh, I was not prepared to play this match, <laughs> which feels like. Why don't you let some terrible qualifier play in your place then, Jeannie? Right. Yeah. What would it take for me to like her? Is that yeah. where you're going like, with that question? Like, you know, like at some point, would she have to be like destitute? Would 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 she have to do like the Agassiz where like she was playing like qualifiers in, as you said last week, suburban Indianapolis? Mm. Yeah. A humbling. A right. reckoning. A reckoning. Mm. You know, yes, that would be really satisfying. The other thing that could that could work for me is if she were facing like one of my least favorite players on tour, like Sarah Arani, for example. Okay. Like in the right circumstances, I will root for Jeannie Bouchard. I mean, we're both from the same place, as right. I mention all the time. Sure. Montreal doesn't churn on a lot of sports talent, <laughs> especially not. tennis. Right. Um, I would just really like to see her game get like more interesting, and I feel like that's only going to happen if she's like, you know, like sidelined from the main game and has to sort of rebuild her identity. You know what I mean? I think it came too too easy and too fast for her. And like, I think she would have to be humbled in a big way and come back with like a game that had a bunch more sort of diverse strokes and tactics. And I think I would really, I would like see that she had grown as a person. Cause right now she just seems like this, like sort of like, like teen, like, you know, she got right. Right. She didn't shake a Romanian's hand before their Fed Cup match. Yeah, a couple haven't months Romanians ago. been through enough? They don't need this shit from Jeannie Bouchard. Come on, man, don't <laughs> pile on. Um, so, like, what about like heroin? Like, what about like not Jennifer Capriati, but like a real? I mean, I'm sure what Jennifer Capriati had was very, very serious, but but like uh, down in the streets, Jeannie Bouchard. Like Jeannie Bouchard is living on Skid Row. <laughs> exactly. That kind of thing. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, or you know what? What actually we, you know, what would be really like, this is <laughs> a terrible thing to say. And it's like informed by our reality television culture. But if like Jeannie Bouchard's parents like split up and like her mom started dating her coach or something really creepy and terrible that made me feel like, oh, you're just like Britney Spears. You just had like terrible parents or something right. like that. That okay. would make me feel like, oh, there's like. You know, there's the pathology to why you're like not a really nice. And then all of a sudden I can get in your camp and root for you because you right. clearly had terrible parents. Instead, her parents are like from this like she she part of Montreal. Her dad's an eye banker, her like twin sister. And, and she go to like Canadians games and like wear pink. Ugh, you and, like, really don't like duck her. faces at the camera. <laughs> yeah, I don't like her at all. I don't like her at all because there's so many more interesting tennis players on the tour. And right who don't get any attention. And she, let's not forget, like has not really won, done anything since her finals run at Wimbledon last year. And this year has like totally, totally sucked ass. Right. She's ripe for reinvention. Oh, I want to talk to you about something. Remember when we taunted Red Foo a couple weeks ago? Yes. Yes, we did. Oh my God. So we taunted for those of you who listened, here's some tape. 
like I've come around to like Azarenka despite the red foo thing. <laughs> which, that's a big that's obstacle. A big for thing a lot to get us. over. I'm sure he's like a good dude, but he's so or what? I'm not sure. He might be a good dude, he might be a bad dude, but his like persona is like so grating <laughs> that I just I can't take it. He's gotta know that he he looks like he's like the physical embodiment of one of those like Panama City t shirt shops. Right. I yeah. actually think we should interview him and I'll tell Definitely. you why. Okay. He grew up playing tennis, and when he started dating Victoria Azarenka, he got back into it yeah. and like was playing every day, and they were traveling together and blah, blah, blah. And so now he's playing the U.S. Open qualifying tournament. Right. And he played it last year, and I don't know if he uh, won a match. Yeah. If he um, won a match, I really want to talk to him. Like I kind of saw him as like a Zelda Fitzgerald type where like <laughs> he's kind of going crazy and like, I'm going to be a ballerina. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like maybe, like I don't know. I mean, if he won a qualifying tournament match, then he's like a very good tennis player. Who's, he's made who's it not totally wasting his time. And so guess what happens, Chris? Did you see the news? On Grantland, right? Which uh-huh. is pretty much the best tennis magazine in the world at this point. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, it was a guy who lost to Redfu. In the U.S. qualifier tournament, as we were talking about, um, out of the Southern California section, he uh, beat a Grantland writer. Uh, pretty convincingly, I think. Yeah, definitely. I um, mean, what does that do to your ego, do you think? To lose to Redfu? Yeah. It must be rough, but I love that he won. Um, I think it's great because, uh, like, it's good to know that it's not, like, a complete joke because his music persona is a complete joke. Hmm. So, like, the fact that he's taking something seriously is pretty cool. Oh, I like this. Yeah. You've come, okay, you you are in support of this. I think if anything we should double down on our challenge to Red Foo. Right. Well, I think you should play him. Like for listeners who don't know, you're you're very good, much better than I am. Like I think it would be interesting like if he won that, I feel like it would be a pretty competitive match, right? Yeah, I'm going to say something like a total poos, but like maybe I'd want to play doubles. Like what if I lost to Red Foo in singles? <laughs> Like that actually, I don't know what I would do about that. And I think that the chances of that might actually be pretty good. Yeah. You know, like I, as a woman, think of myself as able to beat any man who didn't play D1 in college. Yeah, I think that's Basically, fair. having yep. played D1 in college. Like, right. you know, that's not to say that that's always true. But I think like that as a general rule, like a woman who plays D1 sports should or could beat yeah. most men of an equivalent age or fitness mm-hmm. level yep. who didn't play that. So anyway, yeah, no, now I'm nervous. <laughs> right. In your imaginary match with Red Foo, you feel like. Yeah. You, you know what I could win. do though? Mm-hmm. I could psych him out by wearing tennis clothes from his own line. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Just get Which in his head Which are pretty cool right actually. Yeah. yeah. You know what? That it let no one say that the main draw isn't benevolent. Right. Right. We're, we're, Team Red Foo now, and not okay, the Red other Foo. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the other guy's name is. Whatever the other guy's the, um, the last thing I'll say, his clothing line is called Party Rock Clothing. Sure. Right? Why not? Um, should we talk about Wimbledon, the most storied tournament happening sure. in all of... Who, what, do you, what do you think? Is, well, this, I, is this Federer's to get to get uh, to the finals and possibly win? Uh, maybe, but first I want to start with a, with a challenge for, for the show, which is for... The next few shows, whenever we talk about it, we have to say the championships, comma, Ooh. Wimbledon and not Wimbledon. Great. So I think I think Federer has a chance to win the championships, comma, Wimbledon. Um, hmm. But Brian Phillips, again, in Grantland, brought up a good point, which is that he 
just probably doesn't have it to win five setters against the best men in the field. But I feel like, like just last year he was in the final and played great for a little while in that final, really, really well. So I think it's sort of ridiculous to say he can't win it. It's just he would have to close someone out probably in like four sets. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah. And he would have to do that like seven matches in a row, which, you know, those last three or four would be really hard. Right. And the other thing is, so there's an extra week between the French Open and the championships comma Wimbledon this year. It's usually two weeks and now it's three. And I think for like the, the aging big four, uh, that's probably a big deal. Um, and I think it's, you know, that between that and tennis going quicker on grass, I think Federer has like a real chance. Like who, who like there's Djokovic, but who would you put ahead of Federer after that? Maybe Vavrinka. Yeah, maybe. Has he been good on grass? Mm, yeah. Not really. Okay. But he was, he is going to be nude in the next, um, issue of the espn body issue magazine he's not like cut no he's still a little bit amorphous right i wonder what that call was like or how many other people they called on the tennis tour before they got to stan i mean god bless him but he could not have been the first (laughs) the first call for espn to be in the body issue i'm gonna say something lascivious but i know who would have been my first call on which tour men men's or women men's men's uh sangha sangha yep what a beefcake <laughs> he is so cute okay on the women's tour <laughs> i don't know I, don't, I actually don't think any of them are cute right now okay fair it's a enough. bit of a azarenka i mean maria's all right but you know she'd yell at you if you were in bed with her <laughs> right you know I, what i mean yeah and i and i think also she's like a very beautiful person who we've been staring at for 12 years now yeah <laughs> and so it's like hard to keep the flame alive <laughs> yeah she's beautiful she's still beautiful <laughs> yeah i feel like we're in like a long-term marriage and like uh one small thing uh, i become preoccupied because i have a kid and can't stare at a tv for very long or watch a match on television in a satisfying way i put on radio wimbledon or radio the championships comma wimbledon and it is amazing and absurd to listen to radio it's like when people make jokes about how fans just move 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 their head like left to right to left to right (laughs) while watching tennis and that's like a a knock on tennis like in england they don't care like you you, the, the announcers talk about it like it's basketball and unless you really know tennis well it must be bewildering totally bewildering (laughs) so uh so here are a few clips of uh radio the championships comma Wimbledon that I thought were particularly uh, exciting. He's raised the bar in terms of competitiveness in this sport and over the years. He's going to need some of that right now as a chip shot from Brown and there's an extravagant backhand jump smash from Dustin Brown off the backhand side and it almost decapitates Nadal who does well to get out of the way of it. Again, huge jump there from Brown. Causing a little bit more flair on that backhand overhead. That's not an easy shot to hit. Goes right at Nadal. Well, Nadal kind of rocked back there as if he'd taken a heavyweight blow from a <laughs> He a did boxer. a good job to get out of the way. Yeah, rocked him back. 30 all. Brown bouncing around his toes beneath us as he returns the backhand. This time it's wide and for the once Nadal is able to get enough purchase on the first serve. 112 miles an hour just to make sure that uh, Brown catches the ball a fraction late and it just was behind him a touch. 
40-30. Serving down the centre. The first serve is long. Down taking the having an extra time here, wiping the sweat away from the brow. Brown bouncing on the toe, second serve return, coming down the line like a bullet from Brown, moving through the second serve, taking the ball on the rise as he has done the entire match, and he's gone right through Nadal for a winner. Just such unbelievable pace from Brown on these return, return shots. Nadal not even reacting, not even moving to the return, it's coming back so fast. 20 return winners for Brown alone in this match. Takes his total winners up to 53 for this contest so far. Offset by just 21 unforced errors, and that has certainly spelt trouble. Juice for the second game in a row, Nadal in trouble on his own serve. Back end return is from Brown's just long. Try as he might to force the issue there. He's just overpressed by a tiny margin. Is Nadal going to escape again and how key could this be just to keep himself above water in this match? Serves out wide and that one clips the tape again. Brown with the dreadlocks, distinct nature, distinct personality, an eccentric individual. I love listening to Tennis Live. It's so it's so relaxing, even though it's bonkers. Um, that's our show for this week. If you like what you hear, go find us on iTunes, on Acast, on Stitcher, on all these places, and subscribe. Um, or you can find us, as always, on the web at maindraw.tumblr.com. All right. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye, Chris. Bye. All right. Give me, like, 20 seconds of room time.